Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani, and today we got a great guest for you. She goes by the name of Jenny Stang. She is a director, writer, actress, and an all-around great person. I absolutely love this conversation. I loved hanging out with Jenny. And this is our first time meeting each other, and we just clicked. It was awesome, and uh, definitely going to have her on the show again. She lives in Vancouver. If I'm out there, I'm going to bring a recording uh, device. And if she's here, she's coming back to the Girth Radio studio. And I need to do a random shout-out slash dedication. Last weekend on Saturday, I filmed an event downtown I was making my way home on the old Toronto Transit. It was packed. It was almost last call. I sat down and there was a, there was three girls just like in a conversation. They were probably the only ones who weren't drunk on the bus. They were talking about podcasts and they had their phones out. They were saying, I I overheard them saying to each other, oh, you should, you should listen to this one because of this and Listen to this one. They're clicking around. They're subscribing to different podcasts. I have a thought in my head. Sean, are you going to do... Are you about to do a cheap plug? And yes, I did. <laughs> like Right in their mid-conversation, I, I look at one of them and I said, you should, you should subscribe to the Creative Imbalance. <laughs> and then... So the girl types in in her phone and starts asking me about it and then... Uh, yeah, I ended up telling her it is my show, and she also asked me. She's like, "So, what re- what episode do you recommend?" And I'm telling her all like some ones with like bigger names. I don't know what I was trying to do, trying to impress them or <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, because some of my favorites are with the unknowns. But uh, yeah, I was trying to intrigue them that I had a a legit podcast and entice them to check it out. But through this conversation, uh, she said, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter what podcast I'm I'm listening to. I really enjoy when the interviewer and the guest meet and they just click. And this was prior to the episode you are about to hear right now with Jenny. But I just want to take a second. And I don't know if you're listening. I'm sorry I didn't get your name. But cool girl on the bus, this episode is for you because that's exactly what happened in this one. (laughs) That is the fucking vibe of this one. And yeah, we're going to get into it. You're going to hear about Jenny's short film, why she's in Toronto for the Blood in the Snow Film Festival. You're going to hear about her other projects. You're going to hear about filmmaking. You're going to hear about just random things. And uh, it's funny, like after the interview, we hung out for a bit and I haven't listened to the recording back and our conversations are kind of blurring in my mind of what we talked about on or off the mic. So you might hear some deep shit about life as well. And I hope the awesome vibes we had in the Girth Radio studio translate to the audio because this one is a pleasant one we sat there had a drink and just had a good t- conversation but before we get into that like always i need to thank my sponsor the pacific junction hotel always good to me 
always treating my guests like royalty. Shout outs to Nigel and Jules. They were working the bar that evening. And I love and I appreciate you guys. Also, a little tip. If you're in Toronto, you want to see some good live music. We got two nights at the Dakota Tavern that are a must-see on Thursday the 29th. Our good pal, former guest on the show, Johnny Shea. Even back as early as school, they told you that you could be a winner too. He is rocking a set. Uh, I don't think he's headlining, so get there early. And it's going to be awesome. I've heard some of his new tunes. And yeah, you're a fool if you miss this one. And also on the Friday, November 30th, there's an incredible folk artist. Um, his name's Jeremy Albino. I'm a red. I'm an old sheep red. And he's just something special. He's a young dude, but he sounds like an old soul. Like, you can almost, like, picture him, like, right on stage with, like, an Elvis or a Johnny Cash if they were still around in this era. Uh, He's totally sick. And how I got the tip of this show, another one of our good pals, Cat Clyde. I'm spinning lock the undertow, taking you way, way down. We've played ton of her music. She's been on other Girth Radio shows. She tattooed my logo on my arm. Uh, She just got back from a tour overseas. And her and Jeremy have done some some cool YouTube videos doing duets together. And they're going to rock it live this Friday, November 30th, Dakota Tavern. So go to both shows. Be there. Have a drink with me and listen to some awesome tunes. And I think that's all I got to say for this. Oh, actually, one more thing. One more thing. I'll be quick. Um, For everybody who's listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, another reminder. I do this every show. A reminder that each one of these episodes has its own homepage at our home base, www.girthradio.com. You're going to see pictures of me and my guests in the studio, links to her work, and a lot of things we're talking about throughout this episode. So I entice you to go there, www.girthradio.com, and even bookmark it if you like. Yeah, I'm getting more aggressive with the promotion. Before, I'm just like, oh, here's a show out here. Now I'm starting to order people around. (laughs) Give it another 10 episodes. I'm just going to be screaming into the microphone, like the Facebook page. Grab your freaking friends' phones. Subscribe to this. But until the day I scare you guys away, we got some great episodes for you. And without further ado, here's Jenny Stang coming at you right now. From Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. So, Jenny, thanks for coming in. 
rainy day. Absolutely. On Thanks a rainy day, me. you had every yes. reason to cancel. I'm glad <laughs> we could get you a whiskey and you're getting dry. It's a little warm in here. You bet. It's so cozy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how has the weekend been? You've been at the the Bits Festival, right? Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, my my producer, Sasha Filipovich, she came for a few days. She had to run back to, uh, well, not run back, but she took a flight back Um yesterday uh because she is riverdale she's working on that show at the moment so she was here for a little bit though which was nice at least to have her for a few days and we had a lot of meetings and there were a lot of panels at blood in the snow film festival and a lot of screenings it's just been kind of a crazy 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 weekend yeah in a great way yeah it looks so cool i feel bad because i told them i was gonna show face and i've been so busy <laughs> this week and uh They've been sending me like a, a lot of people who've been in Blood in the Snow, so I've been watching like oh, cool. the movies at home, like uh, oh the, wow, yeah, like the um, the screeners they would give me. But I just wanted to go out and support, but I just hit the weekend and my brain just crashed. So I'm sorry oh, to Jen and Kelly that I didn't <laughs> make it, but I think it's going on for a couple more days, right? It or, is. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm here I, till Wednesday morning or so. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few more nights. And you are here for The Whistler, right? I am, yes. Yes. It was super cool. A little 10-minute short. Thank you. And uh, let me know like how that all came to be. Ooh. So, you know, I had... Well, I started out as a performer. I won't go back in time too much, but... You can go back as far as you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. How, mu- how much time do you have tonight, by the way? <laughs> well, I have yeah. quite a bit. Okay, cool. Um But yeah, so I started out as a performer and eventually got behind the camera. And um, yeah, I started, um, you know, just jumping in as uh, I wanted to understand the technical side of filmmaking because I thought, oh, this is really exciting. I get to tell stories from, you know, pre-production, even development stages to post. Right. And I thought, oh, it's fun to tell a whole story instead of as an actor, just part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the process, and I jumped in as a DP, an editor, worked as a colorist, um, got my feet wet in those departments and other departments as well, and uh, whatever I could do, actually, at first. That's awesome. Worked in craft services, like Yeah, yeah, just you want to be on the set any way you can. And learn. It's just how you learn. At least that's how I learned. Mm -hmm. And um, then I started making shorts as more of kind of, playing around I still didn't know what I wanted I still thought no I'm you know I'm a performer what am I doing you know as a filmmaker and um so I I hadn't I was kind of in denial because I really enjoyed the filmmaking process but I actually started out just doing uh shorts to act more oh cool cool and then I got behind the camera and I was like whoa wait a minute (laughs) you know yeah so but uh then I started doing you know visual kind of art pieces and um like spiritual, anything from something spiritual to a fun rock music video to an existential horror. Like, I just played around, really, visually. Nice, nice. Some yeah. weren't even proper shorts. I was just experimenting. And mm-hmm. then I started submitting to festivals. And after a while, I thought, okay, I've done a bunch of music videos and shorts. Um, I think I want to jump into Featureland, right? Uh, that's the next step. And I thought, well, to do that, since I haven't done a feature yet, why don't I do a proof of concept? And so The Whistler is a proof of concept for the feature that I wrote called Blackwood Falls. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like how it's like very fairy tale inspired, but like the mm-hmm. old school scary fairy tales. For sure. And I want to give a shout out to a past guest. Uh, his name's Scott Thrower, and he does a podcast called 
fairy tales for unwanted children and it was actually number one for a while in fiction on itunes like he just kills it oh wow and i don't know if he does every week anymore because he's been writing original stories and last time i talked to him he said he was like kind of getting super stressed from doing (laughs) an original story every week but he'd have these 10 minute shorts of just these brilliant like old school style fairy tales and when i saw the whistler and them opening the book i'm like oh this is like one of scott's fucking podcasts like and yeah like i feel like you guys need to meet sometime because even clearly (laughs) the the length of his um his uh stories which are so well made they're all like 10 minutes and then i'm watching the whistler and i'm like oh this is about like 10 11 minutes yeah it is and I asked him about like movies or putting them in books or whatever, and he said, "Yeah, but I'd have to like do it right, like it's his mm. babies or whatever." Oh wow! And I watched the Whistler, and you guys did it right, like from the looks, like <laughs> it was so like creepy and stuff. So oh, I just wanted to throw that out there and uh, and uh, shout out Scott as well. Oh cool, but, yeah. that's so, awesome. Did you grow up like? Uh, reading a lot of like different fairy tales or some of those old school like yeah creepy you know ones? Like, i hadn't really thought about it until doing this project and i realized you know i'm a big fan of fantasy mm-hmm. and you know i loved like i read the lord of the rings books as a kid and and i guess i was really into fantasy i thought it was into all sorts of things but i seemed to have an affinity for that yeah and with horror it's so much fun because uh you know you get to explore a darker side but there's a lot of mystery and suspense and putting all the puzzle pieces together and that's what i like about it and you know that i think that fear element and trying to find ways of scaring the audience is actually really fun because you're playing with kind of the musicality so to speak of you know the visuals and trying to build something so it's kind of this fun technical puzzle that you're putting together and i find that really fun but yeah so i guess um yeah i've always been into fantasy and uh I had been reading about the Pied Piper and the fact that, you know, in the original story, he leads the children over the cliff to their death. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's not, you know, in a lot of the tales that, you know, come yeah, out yeah. in certain children's books these days. But, um, well, some of them, I suppose, you know, you still have the original grim, grim fairy tales. But, uh, yeah, so I guess I've always been influenced by, by that, by folk tales a lot of folk tales actually and I'm very much into um like I was very much into mythology Greek mythology Irish mythology so I think a lot of that kind of combined together seems to be my focus for whatever reason it's just something I'm really enjoying right now yeah it's super cool and I could imagine like with making horror one thing that's fun about it is there's practically no rules to To things like you can just make anything happen and it doesn't have to make sense in the world, you know? Right, exactly. And it will like, yeah, we'll just explain it later. It can be like a demon or like <laughs> a ghost or anything like that. But yeah, there's got to be like a fun, like uh, free, playful element to oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, with the Whistler, we tried to play with some, you know, visual elements that kind of uh, were, you know, trying to create something. Uh, you know, artistic and a lot of the shorts actually that I saw at Blood in the Snow um, this year, there was uh, a few that just played with visual elements. They were very artistic and they kind of came out of nowhere and it absolutely worked. And, you know, it's something you can do, you know, you can play a lot. So that's what's fun about it. 
Yeah, that's yeah. super, super cool. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I was clicking around, like, kind of with some of your other work, too, in, uh, uh, what's the name of it? You had a dream series? Is I that? did. Yeah. So that was kind of the spiritual visual art pieces <laughs> that I was, I experimented yeah. with. And that was fun. It started as a stream of consciousness piece. And actually, I shot the first one because I had a red package at the time my company did in L.A., mm-hmm. And I wanted to experiment as a filmmaker. I wanted to, you know, I put, I edited it. I did the color work, um, did the soundtrack. Um, wow, so, wow. Yeah. So it's just like your baby, basically. And, and yeah. my brother was, you know, on the other side <clears throat> doing the camera work. So, yeah. And That's so cool. it was really fun to understand how every department works, right? Yeah. And um, then after the first one, I thought, oh, what if I start you know, a different story that way. And they're barely stories. They're more like just experimenting with visuals. But um, I had a really fun time putting all those together and experimenting in different locations. Like in the desert, you know, we had, we went to um, this desert in California where they had the dunes, you know, and it was really hot. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to shoot. We had a, we had this, literally this umbrella, a regular umbrella, not even a proper one for the, the gear. We had it over the camera. Oh, yeah, I'm sure like it and starts we, overheating. And we didn't have anything on us, just the camera yeah, gear, you save, know, so. save the footage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. we had to be careful. We'll get the sunburns out in post. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was quite fun. You know, I, I wanted to experiment in different locations uh, with different light and... Uh, so that was really fun. And it was just a way to get my feet wet and to put things together and yeah. to use different, you know, um, software. You know, I started out with, um, well, I eventually used Final Cut. And, uh, yeah, I just played with different uh, kinds of software and figured out what I was comfortable with. And, um, yeah, it was just a way to play. Yeah, super yeah. cool. And what connected you with, like, uh, kind of focusing on dreams? Like, the other episode, I had a psychic medium in, and we talked a lot about, like, layers to things, too. And I, I want to ask you, do you believe there's more to dreams than just, um, I don't know, what they are on the surface? you believe there's some sort of meaning to them? or You know, that's a great question. You know, I think that and it's something you know that has interested me a lot like I'm a big fan of Jung and you know uh, trying to decipher dreams and what they mean and I think a lot of times you know your psyche is telling you giving you messages like hey watch out for that person or don't do that or maybe you should look at yourself a bit or maybe you should relax (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) or whatever it is you know so um I think we do tell ourselves uh give ourselves messages in dreams Mm. But sometimes they're more expansive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's a message. It kind of feels like you're traveling, astral traveling. Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. At least my understanding of it. So, um, you know, I think it's a different kind of experience. And, you know, you do... I have used a lot of, at least, images from dreams and tried to put them either in scripts or, you know, tried to shoot something similar you know, it's really hard to... Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's always blurry. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, this, and then we'll unfocus the camera to yeah. make it more accurate. But yeah, that's... Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting that you can you can pull from your dreams, too, because a lot of people I talk to, they say they can't remember their dreams. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. kind of like a muscle. I think, you know, sometimes there was a time where I would just write every dream down, 
and then there's a period where I wouldn't and I'd forget my dreams. But um, sometimes you really get some images that you think, oh, I've got to remember that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think there's always something to gain and something to play with. And, uh, yeah, I think it's amazing where our mind can go. And we still don't know very much about the brain and how we function, right? Mm -hmm. We're still learning. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of still in baby mode, right, with uh, learning about the world and ourselves. So I think there's a lot to explore and discover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah super yeah. cool. Have you ever played with, like, trying to astral travel or... I mean, I meditate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, although my meditation is more about, you know, focus and clarity rather than... Because I think for me, maybe just uh, having worked that creative muscle quite a bit, I can just kind of imagine different things. And, you know, sometimes I can get lost, you know, in my own brain in yeah. terms of visuals. So so with meditation, I try to keep it very simple. Yeah, cool, cool. Which is good for me. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So. Don't want to go too deep. It might not come no, back. Right? Yeah. 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 I have a friend who, we, actually, it was funny. We were talking about this yesterday, and he was, like, saying that same thing. He's like, I don't want to go too deep. He's like, I'm a, like, but he, like, watches, like, documentaries on, like, different types of drug culture and meditation and stuff like that and he's he's so interested but he doesn't do it himself because he's like oh i might not come back you don't know yeah, yeah. fair enough right yeah, yeah. it's like we don't know where we'll go <laughs> yeah yeah so it's yeah it's a little scary yeah not too long ago uh i tried uh doing the float tank thing oh i have yet to do that it was really cool and um but i found that it took me to the end of my session to properly figure out like how to relax there. Of course, naturally. That makes sense. Yeah, it was it was weird. It kind of feels like you're laying in like a thing of jello. Mm. And um it didn't help that this float tank was like super high tech. I could change all the colors of the lights. Um, I'm indecisive too. I'm like, oh, do I want a green, blue? There's like a little button to put it on music. Do I? I'm like, do I want music or not? And I'm just kind of like floating in this jello, like we. And then, like halfway through my session, I'm like, no, like you paid this money, do it properly. So I turned off the light, I turned off the music, oh, and um, I stopped moving around. And uh, there was this feeling I would get when I would move around like back and forth. And with ten minutes of doing that with the lights off or whatever. I felt that again, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to hit the wall. Mm. Like, uh, I was going down, like, a stream, yeah. it felt like. And then I opened my eyes, and I didn't even move. It oh, was wow. just, like, a state of mind I fell in. And then, like, five minutes later, uh, this lady on the intercom, she's like, oh, that's the end of your session. I'm like, no, no I just figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's my only experience, but I, I need to go again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was kind of cool. So, yeah, if you ever try it out, I recommend, like, even though it's kind of scary at first to like get comfy and turn out the light. I don't know if you're like claustrophobic or anything uh, like that. No, not really. No, no. Yeah. So you might be a little better than me. Oh. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Do it lights out. It might take a little bit. Like the water's fun to like fly around in. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a habit that we do. It's hard to shut off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially these days with, you know, iPhones mm -hmm. and, and all the media that we have available to us and that's accessible. Um, it's really hard to shut off the brain and it's it's hard to get into that kind of state of relaxation, right? Yeah, it's, it's so, so it takes true. time. Like even when I meditate, sometimes it takes me, you know, a while to just 
relax. Yeah, and then yeah. I start, you know, to to do various, you know, breathing techniques or what have you. But sometimes it takes me a while, especially if I haven't practiced, you know, mm-hmm. for a while. It's uh, yeah. it's just I feel like I like to see it as kind of a muscle that you work. And yeah, definitely like a muscle memory in that. Yeah, too. yeah. for sure. Yeah, super cool. Um, it's, I was thinking this too, like just about podcasting, what's cool about it too. I find it personally like meditative too, because mm. this is like, I, I, it's so like rare when I get to talk one-on-one with a person and we don't have our phones out or anything. It's like, I don't know, like I'd be at dinner with people and we'd be t- shooting the shit or whatever and they pull out the phone and just like yeah. maybe even check something for a minute, like not being like consciously trying to be rude. And I'm sure. doing the same thing too. But uh, when I go into this little room here, it's just the conversation, right? And, which is almost like a lost thing in the year 2018. I agree completely. Yeah. And you know, these days it's so hard to just be in the moment, right? And I think... That's what's great about not being on your phone. And I'm really guilty of that. I'm on it all the time. I'm a heavy user. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's really important to be in the moment and to look around you. Yeah. You know, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. I'm sure sure you get like that on film sets sometimes, too, when you're like uh, trying to just like maybe get into a character. Mm. Or do you feel like you you put your phone away or is it between takes you're like looking at your Oh, definitely between takes when I'm acting. But you know, as a director, I'm not because, well, first of all, I I love directing, you know, more than any aspect of filmmaking, I would say more or less. But with directing, you're trying to think of so many elements at once. You're kind of not even interested, you know, in your phone and you only, especially because I'm an indie filmmaker, you know, thus far, it's, you have so many things that you're trying to do in a short amount of time. Yeah. So, uh, you can't really be on your phone. Yeah, because time is money. And You know, and then, you know, when there is a break or lunch, I know people are always like, you know, Jenny, why don't you eat something? You should eat. Yeah. You know, I'm always thinking of, okay, how can I make the next thing work? And for that, actually, that is very meditative for me. Yeah. Having a lot on the brain is yeah. actually when really When you don't great. even feel hungry. And yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah. I really relax when I have a lot to do. And yeah. I feel really good for whatever reason. Yeah. I do camera work too, but not like film stuff, more like live shoots, events oh, and stuff too. And I find like I'll fall into that mode too when it's like really, really busy, like yeah. nonstop, like just maybe like shooting some some musicians or whatever. And then it won't be till like after I'm done. It's like, oh my God, I didn't eat all day. I'm like starving (laughs) but like in the moment like you just don't know you kind of like just get into that zone which is yeah and the moment's just you just soak everything in it's just saturated yeah 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 Uh, on the acting side um Mm -hmm. have do you have like a favorite role you've done or like maybe like a character you got lost in you know i did a lot of theater before film and i got to play a lot of great roles um in plays and i think my favorite role it's a hard one was um let me think it was george bernard shaw's um uh oh my gosh what was that character it's it's the oh it's gonna drive me nuts yeah. I'm not we can google it, it. <laughs> as i'm saying yeah, yeah. it's uh, oh major barbara oh nice Sorry, major barbara and i got she did it without barbara. cheating i did <laughs> well, yeah <Yay. laughs> didn't even look at the phone yeah. um i played um you know major barbara in major barbara and that was an incredible role and i'm a huge fan of uh shaw's work and so 
Um, and I was also Lady Anne and Richard III. I did a lot of Shakespeare. I was lucky to do that. Um, so I got to really play with a lot of meaty, you know, roles as an yeah, actress yeah. on stage. Um, and, you know, in film, it was more like I was a pregnant girlfriend and I didn't have a lot to do. And that was just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know why I was always the pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even good at being like pregnant. I was like, yeah. uh, maybe I shouldn't you be doing this. You did it once and they're like, <laughs> oh, you killed it. Then <laughs> yeah. casted as the pregnant girl. I guess, you yeah. know, it's funny, but, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in theater, I was always actually cast as more of the uptight character oh, okay. and in film, not so much. So that was interesting. But uh, with theater, you also work that actor's muscle a lot. And, you know, you don't it's what I like about theater is you don't cut between takes and have to come in emotionally from a different, you know, period in, in time of, of that character's experience. You know, you just theater you just go all the way through and move kind of organically with whatever yeah the other actors are giving you too so mm-hmm. i love that i miss that yeah i'm sure with theater too more than film you're getting more lost in your character because mm-hmm. you only have one take it's like okay 100 percent, it's on let's yeah. fucking go type exactly. of thing yeah yeah and you know you still kind of are able to like with the especially with the audience getting a different energy every night is really exciting you'd think oh this would get boring it really doesn't yeah i mean i haven't gone on tour for six months you know doing a particular show but uh in my experience it was always something different and hopefully you know you're able to be free enough as an actor to play in those moments and to change things up Mm -hmm. with your other actors and especially if they're giving you a lot to work with you know and something different it's really exciting yeah I think like probably starting with theater could make you just like even stronger as an actor if you went from that to film uh, than the other way around just because of the intensity for sure actually there's a there's a movie that just got its theatrical release and last year it played at uh, TIFF and uh it's part of a community i uh i shoot video for they're battle rappers and uh they come to toronto they do their thing and there's the league kind of branches out to la and new york there's all these rivalries or whatever so somebody made a comedy drama based around battle rap and it was um was shot by joseph khan he does like taylor swift videos eminem and shit like that and so i heard a story of the actors working with uh, my buddies who are in this film and the battle rappers, they would fuck up a take and they'd just be like, oh, sorry, like, so apologetic because they're used to only having one chance. Like, it's just like, it's like, okay, we're on stage and they did the thing and then they... uh, they like lose their line and all the the film people are like no relax we'll just do it again they're just like oh oh. yeah and they said they found that in like so many people so i I was wondering if like theater people probably get like that too because that's true it's like the live if you're used to the live performance it's like okay we're gonna do it now once perfectly type of thing absolutely and actually that's very healthy because if you have that training in theater you know the night of and i've been in tons of you know shows it where something goes wrong right and you have to improvise or you know someone forgets a line you have to kind of smooth things over in the moment so the audience doesn't know yeah. hopefully you Freestyle. know so exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um so w- it's actually great to have that skill in film because sometimes you can get a fresh take and mm-hmm. it's something different it's something you hadn't thought of before at least when i work with actors it's always fun to you know as a director it's always fun to 
get something different that you didn't imagine on the page. Yeah, and maybe it yeah. just completely changes in the moment. And maybe it's a mistake, but sometimes it works. Yeah. And it's beautiful in editing. So yeah, sometimes yeah. it's a blessing, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and another guest I interviewed for Blood in the Snow, uh, Jesse Thomas Cook, he had a couple, he had a double feature uh, I get my days mixed up. So yesterday, <laughs> uh, he, there's one movie, The Horde, and uh, I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, the acting in this is so like natural and funny," mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like about like uh, almost like a hoarder show, like house flipping show. Like that's how the horror movie shot like, and then as it's going on, it gets fucked up. But the the cleanup crew, there's this one character. And he's just mouthing off to everybody and just chirping so naturally. And I was like, oh, he was a great actor. And he's like, oh, he doesn't even act. He's just like a guy from my hockey dressing room. Ah. And we told him to just go out there. And he's like always like in real life just doing that. And uh, (laughs) he's like almost like 90% of like the stuff that made the movie is him just improving, Like no lines, just just, like talking shit. And like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, so like, I'm sure like, if you can get lost in the character like on film and like go a little off the script, it's not like the worst thing that can happen. No, if you definitely like not. you pop off with like some gold or. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's a, the great thing about film is that, you know, if some, if a take doesn't work, you know, and it's improv or, you know, it just doesn't work. You do something else yeah, yeah. and you get as many takes as you want. And then in editing, you'll see what fits properly. Yeah. So that's that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> like, the, let's make this work. Let's make this make sense. Yeah, <laughs> piecing like a puzzle and everything. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, have you ever had a moment in theater where you forgot your line and had oh, to like yeah. just do completely? Something? Yeah, and I would just do some movement and and move on. Or yeah, there was always. I remember when I was a kid actually, and I can't remember what play it was. I think I was in, still in school. Um, I had something on my head I don't know what it was some kind of scarf and I was supposed to keep it on and it got caught because I had to pull this other actor off the stage and so I I was quite proud of myself at the time and I had you know improved a line and been offended or something you know yeah I thought I was quite clever at the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it. like it's yeah. just one thing relax yeah, it's not yeah. that great but um you know I've had different moments where uh sometimes you just yeah, and sometimes you look at the other actor and they're trying to feed <laughs> you're you both like, hmm, I don't know what how we should move into the next moment. But, you know, as an actor, it feels like three minutes, but it's really a few seconds, right? Yeah. So yeah. in the moment, it feels like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And sometimes the audience has no idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's that's the art of, you know, creating and uh, developing that skill mm-hmm. to be able to do that on stage, which yeah. is great. Do you feel like... Uh, like say like you stumble like you mentioned it it feels like the couple seconds feels like minutes long yeah but do you feel like when you kill it it's like almost like a blackout like blink of the eye yeah yeah it's like it's kind of like you're you ascend like your soul ascends and, Mm. and you have this kind of spiritual experience and and at least for me and i haven't had it often but sometimes there's a performance you're just in the moment completely and I just get my whole body gets hot like up my spine wow so it's and sometimes you don't know if that's the lights or you know what's going on but sometimes you really feel like whatever power is coming through you you know and it's not you yeah that's yeah. you know that's what I mean by ascending or transcending rather mm-hmm. you know you feel like you become 
a part of something else and it's not really you that's expressing that's the most amazing feeling yeah that's so cool yeah actually on that psychic episode too uh i brought uh electronic artists into to like kind of co-host with me too because Mm -hmm. when we met um we felt like we've known each other before even though like we've just met like during the interview like me and you and um and uh so like we do this episode it's great and the psychic lady she's gonna put the the episode in like her newsletter or whatever and so the electronic artist sages shout shout out to sages uh she did a show that same night and i took a bunch of pictures and i sent it to her and uh carolyn the psychic she looked at the pictures and she's like wow that's not the same girl almost that Mm. i seen or like that day during the interview it's almost like something's taken over her yeah and uh you talking about your performance almost like reminded me of watching her like get into her music it almost felt like a possession or something like a higher power like just pushing her into like this thing where she just gets lost into it and it's it's so cool yeah Yeah, and I've had that uh you know I used to work as a singer-songwriter and so I would perform a lot on the east coast in the states and those great shows that you feel wonderful after it's when you kind of transcend you know it's you get all hot and and something is you know gets the band going and you don't know what that energy is but something comes over you and you know you have a great show yeah so yeah yeah Yeah. i've even uh i've dabbled in some stand-up comedy too and same thing with me where like the best i've done it's almost like i barely remember it and Mm. the worst yes exactly it'd be like a a three-minute set and it felt like the worst one hour and a half Netflix special ever made. I'm just up there like feeling every breath. Just like, oh God. It's, it's like literal death. I know what you mean. Yeah, I've been yeah. there too. Yeah. Have, have you tried stand up too? Or like uh, any No, I did a one woman show cool. before. That was really fun. And actually I it was more like a kind of a an exercise at the time and I had a really great mentor. Um, that helped me with that and to make it more physical because I had this cool story and of course focused on a lot of mystery and suspense and but I wasn't physicalizing it enough and making it you know you really it's a lot of work to make it exciting for the audience you know and um, so that was a really great exercise and it's it's hard work I think it was only 10 minutes too and I was exhausted by the (laughs) end running around the stage doing this and that but that was really fun there's almost like um I I always try to put this into words, but I don't think I can. But there's a mode you can get into where you just connecting with people almost unconsciously, like like how we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. But like when you're on stage doing that to a room of people and it goes well, it feels like you're doing that with like maybe 20, 50 people. And it is exhausting, but yeah. it's just like almost like the one-on-one conversation in overdrive. And I felt like every time... I did that and it went well. It felt like I you had just to, spent there was almost like afterwards. an energy I'm putting out that are locking people in. Yeah. And when it went bad, I felt like it just wasn't there. And it's almost yep. like this weird thing in the air yep. that sometimes I can't fucking explain. Like, exactly. And sometimes yeah. you can't help it. And it's not you. It's just not a good night for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It's like you could put on the same show and give it the same amount of effort and, uh, you know, have the same ability and sometimes it just doesn't just doesn't fall Mm -hmm. you know 
fall well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, sometimes it just doesn't hit. Yeah. So it's a funny thing. But that's the exciting part about, you know, live shows. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's great. And, you know, you go see your favorite band. It could be a great show or not so great. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've seen you too. And it's like a religious experience. I feel like they must be on every night, but probably not. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it feels like that <laughs> because of, you know, the show they give. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. And so yeah. in film, you know, you're trying to create that magic all the time. And I feel like you can kind of, if you don't get those magic takes and sometimes, you know, I feel like it's always a blend and, uh, and you have to find that magic again in editing. Yeah. And it's a different experience, but you still have to find that, you know, Yeah, it's you, just more technical and it's more methodical and it's not as organic necessarily. Yeah. Right. And so. it's, it's gotta be interesting being the director too, because you'll have the vision and you'll know what the sounds are going on in the background. Mm -hmm. You know how it looks. And I'm sure there's like some moments where you'll have like an actor or an actress do something and they might feel like, Oh, I don't know what's really going on. And like you, try to explain it but like you can't almost like explain it until they just have to see it like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's very true mm -hmm. yeah and it's interesting also working as a director and thinking trying trying to live with your actors as best you can because sometimes you know because it's a blend of technical and you know then you're a creative so you're living with your actors but then sometimes a lot of times as a director, I think, okay, can I edit that? Yeah, that's going to work. And then moving on, you know? Yeah, so it's, yeah. there's a blend there. But you do when you are, at least when I'm, I like to watch through the screen, my actors. I don't like to look at them because I need to see if it's their performances coming through, like the magic's coming through to the screen because it's a, it's a different thing than just capturing a great scene of actors, right? If you're capturing it technically, that's what's important because that's what the audience is going to see. Yeah. So if I feel like that magic is captured, great. And then moving on to another take, yeah. you know, if if we get all the elements squared away. Yeah. So it's it's exciting in yeah. a different way. It's very different. Though. Yeah. And that's so true. There's actually a saying in the battle rap community. They're like somebody they'll say, oh, he won in the building, but lost on camera because <laughs> just how like whatever the guy's like being animated to the camera or something but maybe somebody got a louder reaction or there's just a vibe in the room or something yeah. like that too and that's kind of coincides with what you're saying where you have to look on the camera like you want your actors to win on the camera because that's the most important thing like For sure. yeah 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 definitely and it's um it's a cool experience but you know it also there is there is something that you you don't it's hard to, you, you still don't know what you're getting, actually. You, mm -hmm. Sometimes you think you're getting magic, and then you look at the footage later when you're about to edit and think, ooh, no, not really. Yeah, this well, isn't what, what I saw on? this afternoon. I thought I yeah. felt that, you know, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's amazing how it changes so quickly and then mm -hmm. how your edit changes because of that. And um, actually, you know, when we were casting our young actress, uh, Bea Ipadowicz, um, she really stood out in the, in the audition room yeah, she was great too. She yeah. was a yeah, and but what was so cool is that she really stood out and a few others. And then I went to look and and thank goodness we recorded those auditions. And then I watched them later, and she was just she knocked me out. But I don't remember her knocking me out in the audition ah, room. Like she was yeah. very good. She was very natural. She took my notes well. But there was something about her 
vibe and her personality on camera that just knocked me out. So I thought, yep, no brainer. Yeah. There we go. It's, you know? Yeah. So, and then we cast her right away. So, yeah, she was really yeah. good. She might be a star someday, you know? Like, I think it, so. Just, uh, it was cool. Like, I don't, I don't want to really spoil it, nope. but like, <laughs> <laughs> just like the transition from being the little sister to just the moment later on. It's just like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like it, it felt believable mm-hmm. all over the board. Yeah, she was great. She was so natural. She's very talented. She's very thoughtful. And it was great working with her because on set, you know, we there was that scene at the end where she wakes up in bed. I'm giving away something yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she wakes up in bed and she did a few takes and she looked at me and she said, no, if I'm having a nightmare, I'd do it this way. You know, she got really creative and in the moment and uh, very independent and very sure of herself. It was mm-hmm. great to see that at her age. And uh, she was very, she played around with a lot and it was just a real joy working with a little actress that was, you know, so together and thoughtful. Oh, wicked. And and took took it upon herself to create something with the character. Yeah. And she really played around. That was fun. Awesome. Yeah. Are you going to work with her again in I the future? I hope so. Yeah, yes. that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we want to, uh, I would love to put her, if we, you know, get this feature going, to uh, put her in the feature. I think she's a little too old now to play the little sister. Mm-hmm. But we have to find something for her. Yeah, that definitely. would be great. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, just write <laughs> She's in just a so new much character. Fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to hang out She's with you. She's just so great to work with, <laughs> yeah, you know. And sick. and Karis Cameron too, who played the lead. She's really natural, and mm-hmm. I barely had to say anything to her. You know, I think that's what's great about good casting is when you've cast well, and you know you've worked with, you've talked to your actors enough about you know what you both see in the character and how you want to kind of present things and you know but on set you know once you start shooting if you have good actors you don't need to say anything yeah they really don't almost like some of them i guess they're already ready to go your vision in a way yeah exactly they're already on the same page and they just give a number of takes and sometimes you know you you help uh help them along or try something different but generally, especially, it's so necessary when you're doing, you know, these indie projects because you have so little time. You don't, you can't do a lot of takes, right? Yeah. So, you know, getting great actors is really important. Yeah. So that was, we were very lucky. Yeah, that's cool to hear. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Nelson Lease, who plays uh, the Whistler, he actually did a lot. He did so much work for this character. And you barely see him. Yeah, I was going to say, what a legend. And he was so wonderful. And he played with so many things. And he really actually did a lot of research for the role. I was shocked. I thought, this is just a short. Like, yeah, yeah. we were just lucky to have him. But he really put in so much effort. And it was really incredible. And then, of course, you know, Allison Wanzura and John Emmett Tracy. Uh, Allison just was thinking about the character right when I saw her on set, like before she was even in costume and makeup, you know, she was already playing around with how the character would be and what she would say. And she was really fun. And John Emmett Tracy is just a really classy individual. And, um, it was just, it's so easy to work with great actors. Yeah, that sounds like a dream yeah. crew for it people. Was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. We were really lucky. And, you know, Sasha and I took our time in finding the right people as well, because mm-hmm. we had a bit of time, not a lot, but we, we uh, had a lot of interviews with even makeup artists and different people because we wanted to make sure that we had the best crew that we could. And personalities do count, you know, mm-hmm. having a, you know, you have to 
the goal is to try to find talented individuals that are easy to work with as well and that you're all going towards one goal and that you're all on the same page and so we found we talked to a few makeup artists and you know also sometimes we talked to one very talented makeup artist but she was extremely expensive and she was like this is how it's going to go and we're like well this is an indie project, yeah. <laughs> so we can't really do that. Um, and then we found Chantal Radcliffe, and she got where we were coming from. She knew we didn't have a lot of money, and she said, okay, I can make that work. I can make this work. And she said, okay, I can do this. And I said, look, we only have this much money. Is it possible? You know? Yeah, yeah. And she said, yeah, I can work with that. Cool. And she yeah. prepared so much and then came to set. And Nelson was in the chair for like four hours in makeup oh really which yeah. is a shame again yeah, because yeah. he was only you know <laughs> in there like for sh- such a yeah. short amount of time but um you know we were really lucky to find these great individuals but you know the meetings helped to see if we you know got along and yeah it was really important yeah i'm sure like beyond like their talent and ability towards their craft they gotta be good people if you're like spending days with them that's like very important too yeah Yeah. because there's always something not always but a lot of times you know things don't go right with a shoot or you run out of time or something takes longer or you have a technical difficulty Mm -hmm. so if you have any personality problems you have an issue yes so you try to now you're gonna probably have something anyway right there's always there might be a personality issue anyway even if you try to you know work you know hire the the people that you vibe with there might be something anyway right but um to try to avoid that as much as possible is really important because you only have so much time and it's also really unpleasant yeah. it's really yeah. unpleasant <laughs> it you want to all work yeah. together you want to listen to each other and that's the beauty of filmmaking is that you cannot do it by yourself yeah you know you can't and or you shouldn't because having two heads is always better than one and you hear different perspectives and the art department says hey look this is really critical because of this and you have to consider that and you have to be cognizant of the fact that everyone's coming from a different you know perspective and place and everyone's work there's always something that's important to someone you know different and depending on the department so if the dp says hey we have to shoot because we're losing light but you know maybe the you know, the head of the art department saying, no, 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 but this is important. So you have to balance certain things to try to get the best product you can, you know? So with all those elements, you don't have time for, you know, bad actors, so to speak. Not not literally, you know, but... But yeah, just sometimes like the personalities (laughs) adding an extra issue on top of everything. Exactly, and that's that's me included, especially because... As a director, I have to create the tone and I want people to feel like it's a family and that they have freedom to say, hey, I see this or what about this and to give suggestions because it'll just make your film better. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to agree with it, but you have to consider it. Yeah. It's important. I like your style. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers to good vibes and family. Cheers to good vibes. Workplace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, the Whistler. It's out, bits, blood in the snow. Um, is it going to get a release online like sometime later now, down um, the road? Or? So we're still kind of traveling the festival circuit right now. Yeah. Um, but we're thinking of VOD platforms. Cool. Um, we're not really sure. We just want to use the Whistler to help us kind of promote the, the feature script. Mm-hmm. And the feature script called Blackwood Falls is also 
going around the festival circuit and winning awards in oh, nice, its own right, nice. which is exciting yeah, too. Awesome. But, you know, maybe it would be beneficial to just release it publicly, but we're not sure. We're still chatting about it, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see where all this goes. And yeah, keep us in the loop. Like, we'll share oh, the shit sure. out of it. Like, <laughs> I love your work. And it's so awesome to talk to you. Like, I really enjoyed doing this episode. Yeah, me too. And this um, is great. to let people know at home if you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, that every single one of these episodes has its own homepage at our home, www.girthradio.com. You'll see pictures of us in the studio and links to all of Jenny's work or most of it, trailers, whatever. So if you don't remember something we talked about, like uh, just go to the homepage and you can click on it. And yeah, anything else you want to say, Jenny? Um, just thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, it's easy to find us on social media. It's mostly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Whistler movie. And, um, yeah, thanks again. It's yeah, been really fun. Cheers. That concludes our episode. Biggest thanks to Jenny. I really, 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 really enjoyed that conversation. Safe travels to you as you head home back to Vancouver. And speaking of Vancouver, we're going to end this episode with one of my all-time favorite musicians from there. So, man, he goes by the name of Devin Townsend. Earlier in his career, he used to be in the extreme metal band, Strapping Young Lad. He got tired of being angry all the time. And also, on top of being a diverse musical genius, he branched off probably in the early to mid-2000s of just doing his own solo work. And what's amazing about his music is almost every album he puts out is a different genre of music. He's had like some funny ones, some like weird folk music with like, it sounds like it's being abducted by aliens, meditation music, back to the heavy stuff, and his latest one, Transcendence. You kind of feel the power of his old stuff in the guitars and in the drumming but it combines it with some of his more mellow stuff in the vocals. And I love the lyrical content. It kind of connects with uh, some of the things we touched on in this episode about your soul, about your spirit, meditation type of stuff going on. So yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. And here's the Devin Townsend Project with a track called Offer Your Life. Ghost Radio.